So what do Cary Grant, Humphrey Bogart, Jimmy Stewart, Clark Gable, and John Wayne all have in common? I mean, besides the fact that they are icons of the golden age of Hollywood and five of maybe the most recognizable names of classic Hollywood actors of all time. Well, the fact is, given the chance to go against their normal character types, all five of these guys turned in some of the greatest performances of their careers. In this episode of The Eclectic Monk, I'm going to tell you about five movies you need to watch from these five incredible actors who got the chance to do something a little bit different and knocked it out of the park. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. If you're like me, you love classic movies. I know, I know there's young people listening to the podcast who have never watched some of these incredibly wonderful movies. And that's why I feel compelled to open a door for you, a door into these wonderful films that maybe you've never even heard of. Hey, two of these on the list are actually in black and white. That really makes them even better. But when you think about these actors, I mean, you think about them in in certain roles. When you think about Cary Grant, Cary Grant is the suave, sophisticated, put-together man that all men want to be and all women want to be with. I mean, even when he's being chased by a crop duster in North by Northwest in a cornfield, he's impeccably dressed and he's all together, right? But in 1964, in what would be his next to the last film, he plays a drunken, foul-mouthed, filthy beast named Walter Eklund in a movie called Father Goose. This movie is just so wonderful. Co-stars Leslie Caron and Trevor Howard. Leslie Caron plays a a French uh, school teacher. Uh, who has some diplomatic uh, diplomats' children in her care. It takes place during World War II, and, and Cary Grant, uh, as Walter Eklund, is this American beachcomber. He's just a guy who has dropped out of society. He has a boat. He's roaming around the islands in the South Pacific, and, of course, the Japanese are beginning to attack. And uh, his friend, uh, played by Trevor Howard, who's an Australian naval commander, basically wrecks his boat and forces him to serve as a, a beach spotter. That is someone who sits uh, and watches the airplanes flying overhead. And if he sees Japanese planes coming in, he would you know radio in that he had seen the plane. He's tricked into doing this. He's not very happy about it. And about uh, toward the end of the first act of the film... Uh, you find him having to go try to rescue another uh, spotter who has been killed, but he finds Leslie Caron, Miss Fresnel, and these uh, female children 
who are under her care, who've been stranded there. And he gets them back to his island. And and from there, it's just, you know, romantic comedy gold. The sexual tension between Walter Eklund, this foul-mouthed, filthy, drunken beast, and Miss Goody Two-Shoes is just a delight to watch. And you can tell that Cary Grant is having a good time in this film. He had been trying his entire life to to break away from this molded character that he had fallen into very early on, the suave sophisticate. He actually was a really good actor. And here he finally gets to just be more of himself and to actually play this off-type character with an incredible performance. Now, Father Goose won the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. At the time, it wasn't really well received because this was not the Cary Grant that the critics were expecting or looking for. But given time and in retrospect, you can see that this was a film that Grant enjoyed making. And Leslie Caron enjoyed working with him. She was very young at the time, and you can tell she is just simply uh, enamored with Cary Grant and the opportunity as a young actress to work with the, at that time, greatest leading man of all time. I highly recommend Father Goose. You will laugh this at this movie. It will it will make you laugh. And it's beautifully shot. The dialogue is great. The music's great. Uh, the way it ends is fantastic. This is a really, really funny and delightful film. And it's just great to see Cary Grant stretch his wings and do something a little different. So much fun. Then we go to 1951 and Humphrey Bogart in the movie The African Queen. Bogart actually won Best Actor for this movie, and he co-stars, of course, with Katherine Hepburn. Uh, he plays Charlie Allnut, the, a likable but but kind of rough around the edges, not-so-clean captain of a supply boat that goes up and down this river in Africa. Katherine Hepburn plays Rose Sayer, who is there with her brother as, as missionaries. She's the... Uh, the missionary spinster, as it were, um, playing these two out-of-touch, out-of-place people right as World War I is beginning to start. That's kind of the setting of it. And the German soldiers come in, uh, round up all of their native converts, and in the process, uh, Rose's brother is uh, struck with a rifle, ends up with a fever and dying. And so uh, Charlie Allnut rescues her, gets her into the African Queen, and the rest of the movie is just the two of these people, totally opposite characters. He being this uh, rather uncouth and, um, um, well, he likes his gin. We'll put it that way. And then Kate Hepburn playing this very uptight, very prim and proper uh, missionary spinster. And as their adventure continues down the river, of course, they end up falling in love and, and all that. This is a movie that was shot on location in Africa. Uh, it is a really, really beautiful film. There's a lot of interesting cinematography. 
uh, I've got the DVD and, and watching the making of uh, special um, features is really interesting because these actors and the film crew went through hell to make this film. It was really a hard film to make, but uh, John Huston was the director and this was just a great film based on a story by C.S. Forrester, who of course wrote the, uh, the uh, Hornblower books, uh, also wrote uh, Run Silent, Run Deep, and uh, other naval classics. So very well-known writer that you probably never heard of, but that's okay. But The African Queen, I, I can't, again, recommend it enough. This is a movie that you will be captivated with from the very beginning right to the very end. You're going to fall in love with these characters. This is an adventure movie. There's a lot of, uh, of excitement. There's a lot of actually really cool special effects for 1951 that are going to be uh, played out. But ultimately, it's the performance of Humphrey Bogart, who, if you think of Bogart, of course, you're thinking of, you know, the Maltese Falcon or, or Key Largo, uh, kind of the film noir, tough guy, hard-boiled detective or con man kind of thing. And here he plays this affable, just goofy almost, Canadian guy who's running this boat up and down the river and gets hung up with this crazy spinster woman and then his life changes. It's a really delightful film, and I cannot recommend it enough. You need to watch The African Queen. You'll love it. From 1951, we'll, we'll go back a year to 1950 to a film called Harvey, starring Jimmy Stewart. Now, of course, Jimmy Stewart is like the everyman of, of the films. He played so many different things. Uh, he was, you know, in several Hitchcock films, Rear Window, Vertigo, The Man Who Knew Too Much. Uh, he played in a lot of the big biopics, uh, the Glenn Miller story, the Charles Lindbergh story. Uh, and he was also really well known for his westerns, where he kind of played a gritty, uh, edgy character. And uh, and then, of course, he was with Frank Capra, did a lot of Capra films. He did, you know, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, You Can't Take It With You. And, of course, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. I mean, Jimmy Stewart was the man uh, in the 40s and 50s in Hollywood. And here in this film, he plays Elwood P. Dowd, an eccentric drunk whose best friend is a puka. A puka being a Celtic spirit who appears to him as a six-foot, three-and-a-quarter-inch rabbit named Harvey that only Elwood P. Dowd can see. It's based on a play by the same name uh, that came out in the late 40s that Jimmy Stewart actually played uh, in the play. And this movie is just a delightful thing to watch. It's a slow film. It's not a film that, that you know, is fast-paced, but it draws you in because you love the characters. Uh, his sister is played by Josephine Hall, who was just a, an incredible character actress. She actually won Best Actress for her role as Vita in Harvey. And Jimmy Stewart was nominated for Best Actor, although he didn't win that year. But watching... Uh, Josephine Hull as Vita and uh, with Myrtle May, her daughter, trying to navigate their crazy brother and uncle Elwood, who 
lives with this giant rabbit that no one else can see, although Vita does admit that she can occasionally see it, um, is really something. And the whole thing surround, you know, the, the action of the film is they finally have enough and they're trying to get their brother committed to a sanatorium. And um, it just it just is a lot of fun. This is one of those movies that you can put on, you relax, you enjoy it. It's a lot of fun and you won't forget it. And you'll be looking for Harvey wherever you go after that. It's really a wonderful, wonderful film. So, but there's Jimmy Stewart playing this very lovable, likable, eccentric drunk. And my favorite line of the movie, really, is he being asked by one of the doctors who's trying to figure out, you know, if this guy's really crazy. And and he said, you know, in this world, you can be oh so smart or oh so pleasant. Well, I tried smart, but I recommend pleasant. And I think that line sums up this whole movie. It's just a pleasant experience and a joy to watch. You need to see Harvey. Father Goose, Cary Grant, African Queen with Humphrey Bogart, Harvey with Jimmy Stewart. These are all great films and great performances against type by some of the greatest actors that Hollywood ever produced. And there's two more, so don't go anywhere. So I'll be right back. There is a different way to live. There is a way to live an intentional life, a life of service to others, a life defined by love, not success. There is a way to live a life that focuses on the kingdom of God, that holds fast to eternal values, not worldly ones. I have heard the call, and I have decided to follow Jesus into this different life. My name is Mark Owens, the Eclectic Monk, and I want to invite you to join me on this journey of faith. Traveling well with the Eclectic Monk, a video adventure starting soon. Won't you join me? In 1934, a film came out called It Happened One Night, starring Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. And this this is a pre-code gem. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, there was the Hollywood Code of Conduct basically began being enforced in the mid-30s. If you look at films, the the talkies that started around 1929 through 1934, well, some of the subject matter was very risque, very racy. Uh, There was a lot of political talk. There was a lot of sex, a lot of violence, a lot of stuff that filmmakers were getting away with, and then Hollywood decided we need to clean this up. Well, It Happened One Night was released just before they began enforcing that code. And so there's a lot of sexual innuendo. There's a lot of uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, if you have it. Uh, And it's just a wonderful, wonderful film. Now, when you think of Clark Gable, of course, you think of Rhett Butler in Gone with the Wind, or you think about his role in Giant uh, with James Dean, or you think about uh, Red Dust, or, or, I mean, like Gable was the man's man. He was the rough and ready 
tough, cynical, hardened veteran, you know. Uh, and he, of course, played in Mutiny on the Bounty and, and a lot of films. In this movie, he's playing an out-of-luck newspaper reporter who was recently fired and who's on a bus from Miami to New York and happens to notice that this young woman on the bus is this socialite, uh, Ellie Andrews, who's this spoiled rich kid who's basically trying to run off and elope with uh, a guy who's just after her money. And he realizes he's got the chance for the story of a lifetime. And so the two of them hook up and uh, not literally hook up, but, you know, they he, he attaches himself to her trying to get this story and they, as they travel on the bus and have all these adventures trying to get up to New York, um, they essentially fall in love. Of course, these are screwball romantic comedies. But this one is just so much fun. It's actually only one of three films to win all five major Academy Awards. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best adapted screenplay. Uh, The only other two films to do that were One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Silence of the Lambs. And so this film is an incredibly important movie. Uh, And it shows Clark Gable in a role that is just totally unexpected. It's, he's silly. It's fun. And this movie, again, will make you laugh. You will be engaged with these characters from the very beginning all the way to the end. You're cheering for them as they go along, and and the movie ends perfectly. So, It Happened One Night, just one of my favorite movies, and and I'm going to be perfectly honest, I have had a crush on young Claudette Colbert, who of course has been dead for years, uh, for a very long time. To me, she was just a beautiful, beautiful woman. And, uh, and I just love her acting. She was so good, uh, not only in this film, but in the egg and I, and, and several others, she was a delight to watch. I love Claudette Colbert, but, uh, Clark Gable, Clark Gable was actually a really good actor. And this movie gave him that opportunity early in his career, actually, to play something besides the tough guy, the soldier, or the, the, you know, the con man who's out uh, trying to make his way. It Happened One Night is a film you need to watch. Finally, we have John Wayne. Now, when you say John Wayne... You think of two things. You think of westerns. You know. You think of Rooster Cogburn. You think of uh, you know him riding across on a horse. You know, and shooting Indians and whatever Mexicans, and you know, just being John Wayne. Or you think of war films. You see him in his uh, you know his fatigues in a jeep somewhere, or on a boat at sea, or in an airplane, the flying leathernecks, or uh, all of these things. But in the movie The Quiet Man from 1952, he plays Sean Thornton who's a boxer in America. He was born in Ireland, but he goes to America as a child, grows up there, uh, and kills someone in the ring as a boxer. And he goes back to his home village in Ireland with a desire to simply settle down, live quietly, and enjoy his life, and never fight again. That's what he wants to do. And so we have a John Wayne in this film who is incredibly subdued. 
You know, John Wayne is the larger-than-life man's man who walks in and takes control. And in this movie, he's playing exactly the opposite of that. He's playing a broken man who really just wants to fade away and disappear. The problem is, when he's there, he sees Maureen O'Hara, who plays Mary-Kate Danaher, and immediately falls in love. And who wouldn't? Maureen O'Hara was a beautiful woman. And... um and John Wayne and she were actually very good friends. So here she is, uh, the fiery sister of the local squire, Squire Danaher. And so John Wayne falls in love. And what follows is just a beautiful, beautiful film. This film won uh, the Academy Award for Best Director. John Ford directed. It also won the Academy Award for Best Cinematography because it is a beautiful film filmed on location in Ireland. And so the 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 I think the greatest supporting actor in this film is just the setting. And then there are all of these side characters that are in there. You have Father Lonigan, you have uh Micheline, you have all of these people that are in the village itself that are just delightful. The story is so well written, it's so well paced, and it's just beautiful. And it's really what you call a slow burn because it begins very slow and it begins kind of quietly. And you see these two people falling in love, but then there's a big problem. And I'm not going to tell you because you got to watch the film. I can tell you this, that it ends with the longest brawl in cinematography history. And the whole film from the very beginning is building up to this moment where it all cuts loose. And it's absolutely delightful to watch. And the thing I find really wonderful about this film is John Wayne acting. John Wayne acting, not being John Wayne, but being Sean Thornton, this boxer with a secret that he just is reticent to let other people know about, who just wants to live a quiet life in a quiet little village in Ireland. It's a beautiful, funny, lovely, entertaining film from the beginning to end, and I absolutely adore it. So, there you go. Your movie night for the next five weekends is laid out for you. You need to watch each and every one of these films. You need to see Cary Grant and Father Goose. You've got to watch Humphrey Bogart in The African Queen. You need to see Jimmy Stewart in Harvey. Absolutely must see Clark Gable in It Happened One Night. And do not miss John Wayne in The Quiet Man. These are five extraordinary performances by five exceptional actors. And they're worth every minute of watching them. Don't miss these. These are great films. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. I haven't done a list like this in a while and just felt compelled to do it. So uh, there you go. Five great against type performances by classic Hollywood golden age actors. Doesn't get much better than that. Get your popcorn, get your Cokes, maybe some Raisinets and settle in. You're going to enjoy these. Until we meet again, Travel well, enjoy the journey, and never forget, you are loved. Hey, I've got some exciting news coming very soon.
So stick around for that. Until next time, God bless. So I really, really do appreciate you listening to the podcast. And I appreciate you sharing it on social media or just by word of mouth. Appreciate you following it, liking it, rating it if possible on whatever outlet that you're enjoying it on. And appreciate all the encouragement that I've gotten along the way. The nine of you still inspire me. And I really, really thank you all from the very bottom of my heart. So again, till we meet again, God bless. Thanks.